This episode of What's Tech is sponsored by Harry's. Now, y'all, I know you've been looking at my beard, thinking, how do I get a beard like that? If you go to harrys.com now, Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in this special code, W-T. It's only two letters, so you shouldn't forget it. Harry's.com was started by two passionate guys who just wanted to create a better shaving experience. So here's what they did. They bought a blade factory in Germany. The scariest place to buy blade factories, but a place to buy them nonetheless. And they cut out the middleman, making it cheaper for folks like you and I to have a better shaving experience. Their starter kit is just $15. As I mentioned, that includes razor, three blades, and your choice of the shaving cream or foaming gel, which is quite a bit cheaper than anything you're going to find in a drugstore. And shipping is always free. That's harrys.com. And be sure to enter offer code WT and save that extra five bucks. Okay, so one of the first times that I actually tried VR for more than a few minutes was when I was using the original Oculus Rift to play Half-Life 2. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. So I started this up. I ran into a lot of walls, actually, when I was trying to move because you have to keep your hands, like, gripping these controls for your mouse and keyboard or else you just slip off. So I was there, and then I just... Once I actually got my footing... I was in the part where you're escaping across the rooftops and I looked down and I saw that I was on these narrow little boards and I actually sort of got vertigo. I was looking way down at City 17 and then I'm just running across these rooftops and then suddenly something's in my face and I don't know what to do and I'm swinging my crowbar and hitting this thing and it's one of those camera things and then oh my god combines and then something's shooting at me oh my god and it was the most incredibly thrilling thing ever for me at that point. Um, I, you know, maybe walked around like a spaceship and then suddenly there are all these things and I'm moving so fast and I actually feel like I'm there. And then I got so motion sick that I had to lay down for the rest of the afternoon. It was pure (laughs) misery. That's our future. Uh, Amazing, all-encompassing experiences followed by the need to just surrender. And, yeah. like, have a hangover from your virtual reality world. And this is the moment that I discovered VR motion sickness. I was suddenly like, okay, I understand why maybe this didn't catch on. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from The Verge. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I'm joined today by my friend, my uh, VR expert of my life, uh, Verge reporter Addie Robertson. And we are going to talk about, as you might have guessed, virtual reality today. Now, if you don't know about what's tech, if this is your first episode, uh, it's all in the title. We are here to explain what tech is, uh, which I think is kind of important these days when everything feels like tech. So virtual reality It is everywhere. Oculus Rift, which we mentioned earlier, uh, has been acquired by Facebook. Uh, But what is modern virtual reality? Okay, so when we talk about modern virtual reality, we're basically talking about virtual reality headsets, which is what the Oculus Rift is. And so what these are are essentially either one screen or two screens, and they're in a case around your face. Um, So you can't see anything except these screens, and these screens are split in half, so you're seeing... Uh, 3D effect, stereoscopic 3D, and then they're magnified by glasses that can sort of wrap around your vision. 
And then when you move your head, it's like you're moving a mouse in a game. You can it will track with you. So if if I'm in uh, Half Life and I, and I move my head forward, my character's head can now actually move forward. Uh, theoretically, I could like look around a corner. Right. Um, you can the very very first. Oculus Rift and a lot of the mobile headsets, it can't actually tell where your head is. It can just tell the angle. So you wouldn't be able to lean around a corner, but you could look up at the ceiling. Um, The newer Oculus Rift sets and uh, Sony and Valve stuff at this point, it actually has a tracking camera or tracking lasers or tracking something. And so you can lean around a corner. You can even walk around a little bit. Before we go any further, um, what is Oculus, or or what's its origin story? Okay, so Oculus as a company didn't exist until a couple of years ago when the Oculus Rift, which is their headset and only product, uh, started coming out of the prototype stage. It was founded by a teenager named Palmer Lucky, who basically just wanted the best gaming rig he could ever buy. So he started buying VR headsets. He owns a giant collection of them, and then he realized they all sucked. So he was going to build his own. So he hacked this thing together. He also was working with sort of other people um, and then came out with this prototype, founded this company, got an incredibly well-funded Kickstarter, got John Carmack of id, software, the Doom produced, like on board. Tons of people loved this thing. And then since then, they've just been working on fine-tuning this VR headset. They've gone through a bunch of prototypes and they're still not sure when they're going to release a consumer version. So I know a lot of people have heard of AR also, uh, and I was hoping you could tell us the difference between VR and AR. Okay, uh, so VR is it's virtual reality. You're in a virtual environment. Um, everything is this world. AR is augmented reality, so that's something that feels real, but it's put on top of the regular world. So augmented reality, the, the minority report interface is, uh, is AR. Um, or if you uh, can look through something and you see something superimposed on the real world, like I don't know, Mario is there and you have to guide him through jumping across like your living room. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty great game. <laughs> um, and this, yeah, this is what Microsoft's HoloLens is, except not literally uh, Mario because they would never own that. Yeah, for, for example, they had uh, Minecraft in their early demo. And did you have you have you do you have any opinions of this? This seems like a weird thing. So I haven't tried the HoloLens and I haven't tried Magic Leap, which is the other company that is doing supposedly really amazing AR. Personally, I don't like it that much because like as an idea, it seems like something people don't know how to design around. It seems like people just sort of put something out there instead of actually trying to create a space and do something with that space. Um, But the potential obviously is really cool. You can just have a heads up display for your life. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the history of VR. Uh, namely, like, how, how did this idea start? So if you want to say VR is incredibly old, you can just look at uh, what are called stereoscopes in the Victorian era. And they're basically just 3D images, and you look at them through goggles, and it seems 3D. So, okay, awesome. Uh, you have a little 3D diorama. The thing that people mostly think of as modern VR comes uh, from two completely different systems from two completely different people. Um, one of them is the inventor of essentially the first VR headset, whose name was Ivan Sutherland. Um, Ivan Sutherland created something that was it was so heavy that you had to actually hang it from the ceiling. So it was called the Sword of Damocles. And you looked through it and you saw these hyper simple glasses or uh, these hyper simple graphics because this was like 
1967 or something. And then when you moved, though, they moved with you. They could tell where your head was. And this was a huge breakthrough. This was the first time you could actually look through a screen and the screen could respond to you. The other person, um, and well, this was a, a sort of scientific thing. This was scientific research. The other person was someone named Mort Helig. Um, Mort Helig was like the unluckiest filmmaker in the world. He had, <laughs> he was also in the, the 50s and 60s, and he had all these amazing ideas about immersive cinema. Um, so like he had something called Cinerama, which was sort of like an Omnimax. Um, Wait, the guy who created Cinerama is tied to Virtorian. I'm not sure it's, I, the problem is that I'm not sure this is actually the same thing. Yeah. Um, I like, because basically everything he did just went horribly wrong with VR. <laughs> so his thing is that he um, had something called the Sensorama, which was basically a VR cabinet. And you put your ha- eyes in like, you put your eyes in goggles and you have wind and you have artificial sense. And then you can feel like you're, you know, riding a motorcycle along the beach and there's vibration. Um, so it was this cinematic experience. It wasn't really interactive, but you could really feel like you were in a pretty high resolution compared to something like Ivan Sutherland's um, world. The problem was that like he tried to put this in an arcade, but obviously it was really fragile, so it broke. And then he tried to like get investors, but their investors' plane crashed and he didn't have any money. Um, so he, this is something that never really caught on. Well, both of these ideas at least sound interesting. I mean, my idea of VR was growing up and going to the amusement park, right? And uh, expecting something like the trailer for Lawnmower Man, a movie I wasn't allowed to see because I was too young. But like what I, whatever I imagined it to be, maybe like reboot, and me walking into a room and it just being like a giant virtual reality space. Uh, that obviously wasn't what it was. So I'm curious... Why why has VR failed so many times? Uh, and I and maybe the answers are kind of different for each time. Yeah. So the original, the problem is that nobody could decide what VR was up until everybody just said like two years ago, okay, it's headsets. That's cool. Um, before that, VR could, in some ways, it could just mean 3D space on a 2D screen. Like you had virtual worlds that were basically like Second Life. Um, you could also have something uh, called a cave, which is a room maybe a 10 by 10 room that's a cube and you project something on all the walls and you wear 3D glasses and that means you can actually move through this and the room can tell more or less where you are. Um, And the problem with a lot of these things was either they were incredibly expensive, well, they were, and they were very limited in where you could put them. So they're incredibly useful for a few use cases, but the public is never going to be able to go into their VR room. Um, And so then when you get to actual sort of VR headsets, the problem is they're incredibly simple and incredibly slow and incredibly expensive. So what what might make VR work this time? I mean, I mean, Nintendo, it's funny to think of like the the what was it? The VR boy, the virtual boy, the virtual boy as like a virtual reality. But I mean, at the time, that was an idea of it. And and it failed miserably. Uh, One of Nintendo's most spectacular failures. What can make these companies that, I mean, until the acquisition by Facebook, but otherwise smaller companies get it right this time. Yeah. So the Virtual Boy was actually in some ways a weird outlier in that it was particularly bad. <laughs> um, you had VR arcades that were that they were really expensive um, and ultimately did fail, but stuck around a lot longer and people liked. But this time around, really, the big thing is that it's cheap. Um, the 
big thing is that it's cheap and it's powerful. So finally, there's something called latency, which is sort of how much lag you get when you're looking around. And this is something that can just make you incredibly sick. And it's something that Oculus has been working on fixing really hard and it's gotten a lot better. So you can actually look around and kind of feel like you're in a place and it also doesn't cost a million dollars. It's $300 and you can take it home. Uh, and for people who don't know about the virtual white, it was like a Viewmaster on a tripod. You'd put it on, I don't know, maybe like your kitchen table and you'd sit with your face leaning into it and you'd look at the screen and it was red and black monochrome. It was kind of hideous and fuzzy and it gave you really terrible headaches to use. Like I, I you know, I rented it from Blockbuster and I played Waterworld and any joy I had going I in was that's, immediately that's an destroyed. independent problem. <laughs> it's, it's, that is true. Yeah, the funny thing is that the, the Power Glove was actually kind of loved. Uh, it was created by one of the giant, like the biggest names in VR partially, and people would like hack it. There was an entire magazine, a lot of which was dedicated to hacking the Power Glove. Really? So you could move it around because it was like a, a really cheap version of really expensive VR gloves. I never even thought about that. I've just always thought of the Power Glove as like, for people who don't know, the thing that was in... The wizard. It's so bad. It's so bad. Was that not, uh, anyway? We digress down an amazing Nintendo tangent. Um, let's let's hop back to today. Um, games are obviously the thing that are being shown on all of VR right now. Sort that, of. It, well, yeah, and it's changing. Do you think that as it, it becomes more popular and it goes after the mainstream, the games will be the big thing for VR? Or are there other uh, non-entertainment applications that will become more popular? So one of the big things is that VR, if you talk to people who are into VR, they will say VR never did die. It just never took off in the consumer space. Because you have a lot of people using something like this, um, using caves or motion capture or VR to test products or to design products um, or to train people. Um, so it really it has a ton of applications. People were using it 10 years ago to treat PTSD because you can recreate an environment and feel like you're actually there. You can use it to treat burn patients by putting them in a cold world. Um, so you can do all sorts of amazing, weird industrial and medical things. Um, and then you get into games and entertainment so 3D movies, which people are still kind of working on, and video games, obviously. The, the one thing that I am really skeptical about with VR, and you kind of mentioned this in your story, is control. Um, because, yeah, when you're using a mouse and keyboard, you literally feel like your hands have to be glued onto them. Because if you adjust it all, they'll lose track, and then you'll have to lift the mask, and it kind of ruins the illusion. How are people solving the control issue? Okay, so... I won't go as far as to say that the vast majority of games use a gamepad like Xbox gamepad, but a very, very large number do because it is something that you don't have to look down to use. A very large number of people understand how to use it, and it provides a lot of pretty decent control. One of the problems is that you have two ways to move your head, essentially. You have an analog stick and you have your head, and that makes you incredibly sick. So the other options are motion control with your hands, which a lot of people think is great. Um, and then very specialized devices. So Palmer Lucky from Oculus actually thinks that the best interface for any given VR thing might not be an interface that works for any other VR thing, like a steering wheel or a gun or some kind of specific uh, controller. But right now it's really motion control, game pads, and sort of specialized wands that you move that track your hands. 
Um, can you tell uh, us about the crazy Star Wars style demo that we saw at CES? Oh my God, yeah. So there's a company. Um, they're the the makers of the Razor Hydra. They are called Six Sense, and they created a lightsaber demo, which is a like a room that you stand in and you pick up two of its controllers, which are wands. They're like handles that you hold on to and you hit a button and then they turn into lightsabers in the game. And then you're fighting uh, one of the remotes from Star Wars and you can like hold your lightsaber down on the floor and it'll draw a circle in it. It vibrates. You can feel this amazing like responsiveness and it's just really fun. It's an actual game use of VR that's interactive, which is really hard to do. Yeah, I was shocked how much seeing your arms move in VR uh, helped me. It was perfect for like a sword fighting demo, but all I could think was, wow, this would be great to have in any other game where I could, I I have to essentially align my hands to say do a shooter. Then again, maybe my hands would get really tired. Well, the problem there is that sword fighting's apt in that you're still standing in one place. Shooters are very hard, and that's where you get things like the omnidirectional treadmill, which is just a treadmill that you like flail around on forever, and it will imagine that you're running. <laughs> These people are at every single trade show I go to. And yeah, it looks like like if people remember the activator from the Sega Genesis days, which is this weird octagon that you kind of moved your hands over to do weird virtual reality controls or motion controls. Anyway, it, it's like that, but the activator is around your waist and then your feet, you're wearing special shoes that slide on this like half dome thing. Yeah, it's like if you rolled a bowling alley up and you wore bowling shoes and you just like tried to run on it forever and failed. <laughs> and just think this could be our future. Um, I I, I want to wrap it up by just asking uh, the best and worst question because there is so much happening in VR right now. That's the thing that I think people who uh, are outside the kind of VR sphere bubble or whatever it is don't know is just how much stuff is getting produced for VR already. Um, so I'm curious what is the Let's start with the the worst thing you've seen and then also the best thing you've seen. Okay. So the worst, I'm I'm discounting anything that's just someone mocked something up in Unreal and it looks terrible and you can't do anything. Um, The worst thing I've ever felt is something called the the feel reel, which I saw at GDC. It's a mask that it's like a Hannibal Lecter plastic mask that you put over your face and it has smell receptors, like things that pump smells out and pump wind in and can like heat and cool your face but you can't breathe in it so it's just like putting a gas mask on and then it decides whatever okay you're in an incredibly hot environment we're going to pump hot air on your face and put fire smell into you and you can't breathe and there's no way that this is at all immersive because you can feel this giant thing on your face it's like torture (laughs) and what's the best thing Okay, the best thing is actually a really simple thing that's really old, and it is called a pit demo. The pit demo is something that takes place in a VR setup where you can walk around, and they put you up into a high place, and they ask you to jump or to fall off. And you could do this with, you know, a handset or whatever, but you wouldn't get the full feeling because you have to actually take these steps to do something that your body is, your self-preservation instinct is just telling you to never do. You could, like, watch people and they weren't able to do it. People would have to push them. I managed to finally, like, take this step, but I was hesitating. And then I was, like, bracing myself for a fall. That sounds like the worst. (laughs) That sounds terrifying to me. It's amazing. It's like skydiving, I I assume. I've never done skydiving. Do you actually drop or do you float? 
No, you, I mean, they could make you float, but no, you drop and die. Wow. Well, thank you for joining me for this very dark, grim episode on, on VR technology. <laughs> Um, and thank you uh, for listening. Uh, this has been an episode of What's Tech. Uh, and one more thank you to John, our producer, who makes this show sound so wonderful every episode. Uh, if you'd like more, uh, you know what? Go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, it would mean so much to us if you gave us a rating and left a review. That goes a long way towards getting our show seen by more people. And the more people who listen, the easier it is to keep making episodes. Uh, you can also see more stuff on TheVerge.com. Addy has a wealth of amazing things about VR on the site. Uh, so you should be uh, following her work there and on Twitter at the Dextriarchy. Yeah. And you should also be following What's Tech on Twitter at What's Tech. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.